can't think of an intro because I am an asshole with the fire selections and the fire reflections. This is fighting with myself. Oh, 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 fighting with myself. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, we made it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Fighting with Myself podcast, the podcast for the average MMA fan, hosted by an above average man. And I am that man. My name is Juice, and I just smoked a fat bowl. So I don't care about anything right now other than making this podcast for you guys. The real ones. And you know what I'm talking about. If you're here, thank you. I love you. But now, we got some shit to talk about. Obviously, I already broke down the last fights that happened. Um on an episode past. So we have no fights to talk about that happened. But there have been a ton of fight announcements. So I'm going to go over those. Ones I'm really excited about. I'm going to go over every single one. I probably missed some. But these are the ones I'm excited about. And then we got some questions baby. Ooh, we got some questions. In the forum. My man Raging Sweet Potato sent me a ton. And I missed them. Last week. Because Leo and I didn't make any notes. And that's how you miss questions. But we're going to include those. And then I asked a bunch of y'all to send in some voice questions to the forum. The forum is lit, dude. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be amazing. So let's get into that. I mean, that's not. But we'll we'll get to that in, in, in just a bit here. And uh, we'll close this show with some UFC Washington, D.C. predictions. But first, first thing we got to talk about is Derek Lewis versus Alir Latifi. It's going down February 8th in Houston. A matter of fact, these next three fights I'm going to talk about, well, three including this one, are all in Houston. And Derek Lewis is from Houston, so I think that's why he took this fight, because I think otherwise... He could be fighting someone else, like like a ranked heavyweight. Uh, but Ali Latifi is coming up from 205. And, you know, usually guys go up and they win. But then the last, like, three middleweights in a row that went up to, to light heavyweight, they fucking shit the bed, dude. They shit the bed. So I don't, I don't know if there's been a 205-er moving up to heavyweight in a while. Uh, that I can think of. Like in the modern UFC. Like people did it all the time. Like obviously DC goes back and forth. I mean people have done it. You know. They've done it. But didn't make a dent. Uh, but actually. Cannoneer moved down. Yeah. No. He, yeah. You know. Cannoneer was the heavyweight. Then into a five. Then now he's a middleweight. So Cannoneer doesn't count. Fuck dude. Alir Latifi. When I first saw this. I was like, I was like, dude, a little TV actually might wipe the floor with Derek Lewis because of his wrestling and the pace. He just usually has like this insane cardio. But Lily TV hadn't been looking so good, and Derek Lewis can knock anyone the fuck out. Dude, that last Derek Lewis fight, I love it. I loved that fight. A lot of people were were shitting on it, dude. They were saying the judges got it wrong. That they should have got the blow even off. Fuck Blagoy even off. I thought Derek Lewis won that fight. 
dude, half the fucking MMA podcast I listened to were like, oh, what were the judges looking at? And I was like, I don't know, probably Derek Lewis winning. That said, it was a really close fight, so I'm not really hating it way. But fuck Bogoyevinov. Uh, <laughs> but I'm excited for this fight. Derek Lewis is going to do some things in his hometown. He's going to do some things. He might say that on the mic, actually. He might knock a little Latifi the fuck out of it. Well, I'll just do some things. Is that how Derek Lewis sounds? Whenever I think of Derek Lewis, I think of... I don't think of my balls was hot, even though that's his most famous line. I think of when he fucking beat Travis Brown within an inch of his life in Halifax. And he gets on the mic and Brian Sands saying something like, Oh, you had... had, He had you hurt to the body. You were holding your ribs. And Derek Lewis is like, No, I was just trying not to shit on myself. (laughs) There isn't a funnier quote in MMA. Except for maybe David Taymor on The Ultimate Fighter Season 22. Probably the most underrated season in that show, to be honest with you. Europe versus USA. And it ended up being fucking SPG versus Alpha Male at one point. And they were saying some shit to TJ Dillashaw. This is when we knew he was a snake. And they were fighting back for the Cody Garbrandt guy in the middle. And fucking David Tamor is like, Take care of your underwears, man. I'm going to fuck you. <laughs> Go back and watch that if you don't believe me. Uh, but uh, I honestly don't know how to call that fight now because, like I said, Aaliyah Latifi's got that wrestling. And, dude, if you haven't seen Aaliyah Latifi work out on Instagram, go check it out. I seen him one time doing this weird ass fucking workout where he was standing outside like on a mat and his friend was in front of him in like a teepee position and he put his arm little little TV put his arms around the dude's like waist and was like flipping him back and forth like like you know I'm talking about like rotating him to one side and like I was like dude that's that's a human that's not a weight dude that's a human little TV don't give a fuck But even losing, shit, <laughs> shit, this is, oh man, I'm acting like I have to make a prediction now, it's in February, chill out, I'll tell you my prediction for the next fight though, Valentina versus Caitlin Chukagan for uh, Houston on February 8th, dude, <laughs> this might seem controversial, I might go out on a limb here. And say, Valentina, <laughs> I got you. Um, but I'm really excited for this fight just because Valentina, dude, every time Valentina's in there, we're, we're seeing the best of women's MMA right now. And uh, I know Amanda Nunes deserves to be called the GOAT. You know, she's earned that. Whatever. I mean, that's, you know, that's fine. She's got the wins over Valentina, obviously. But when when you were seeing, and it's really both of them. I can say this about either of them, but when we're seeing I mean, Valentin Shevchenko, we're seeing like a generational talent. Um, so it doesn't matter who they fight. Dude, honestly, they could put me in there with Valentin Shevchenko. She would win that intergender championship just like she did against Henry Sudo. I know. I know she beat the fuck out of me. And I like Kaylin Chukagan. I do. I really do. I think I tweeted out when they announced the fight. I think I said I'm hoping for an upset. 
Just because that would be cool as fuck. I'm like not predicting it, but it's be cool as fuck. Dude, I like Caitlyn Chikagian a lot. And th this is another fight I'm conflicted about, dude. Dominic Reyes versus John Jones. I believe that's the headliner for the Houston card. I probably just read the last three fights and are like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be the Derek Lewis is going to be like the third fight and then fucking Valentina's the co-main and John Jones. Dude, if Valentina... And Kim's getting headline over John Jones. I will fucking be so happy. In fact, I'll probably shit in a bag and mail it to Jackson Wink. <laughs> but seriously, in terms of being conflicted about this fight, we know John Jones is the greatest fighter of all time. But he's also the biggest piece of shit of all time. And uh, Dominic Reyes, well, I should be excited about him as a contender. Not, cause it's a fraud. Um, so I don't know. Like I want to root for Reyes to to be Rocky, like be the underdog and just fucking go in there and and shock the world. But at the same time, I just hope, it's, dude. You know what I hope for? I just hope for an exciting fight. Like I hope John Jones doesn't do. What he did in the Santos fight. Or the fucking Anthony Smith fight. I hope. I hope we see a finish. From either side. We, we are not letting this one go to the judges. Dude if this one goes to the judges. It's fucking overrated. Dude. I don't even know what I'm saying. That doesn't make sense. I'm high. Alright. We're done with UFC Houston. That's it. No more UFC Houston. Whatever that is, we're done. By the way, it's probably pay-per-view. should probably say that. That would be, what, 247? So, yeah. But, anyways, it's fucking in Houston. Frankie Edgar versus Corey Sanhagen. I believe they're the co-main fighting in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, January 25th. I think the headliner for that fight card is um, JDS versus Curtis Blades, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I didn't want to talk about that fight because it doesn't excite me as much as uh, the co-main does. If it's the co-main like I think it is. And it's Frankie versus Corey Sanhagen. Fucking dude. First of all, I love Frankie. He's the fucking man. And I love that he was fighting bigger dudes and not giving a fuck. And saying like, I don't cut weight. Cutting weight's for fucking losers. But then after he lost to Max, he said, maybe there is something to this. Maybe I gotta, you know, change things up. You know, everyone's been asking for me to go to Bantamweight. I'll go to Bantamweight. And, like, all his team was like, yes, dude, I'm so behind this. We've been wanting you to do this. And then they give him the tallest fucking Bantamweight. And it's it's, it's not even going to change, dude. He's still going to be fighting bigger guys. Like, what the fuck? It reminded me of the goddamn season three of The Ultimate Fighter. There was uh, there was a, another British guy that was in the house with Bisping. I want to say his name was Ross. It, was, it wasn't Ross Pearson. It was Ross something. And he had fought Bisping before the show. And at 205. This is uh, in, earlier in Bisping's career when he was at 205. But this guy decided to be a middleweight. He goes in the house as a middleweight. And they give him fucking... He was fighting Kendall Grove, who's like 6'6". He's like, <laughs> I decided to fight a middleweight. 
because I was fighting taller guys, and now I'm still fucking fighting taller guys. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? But that all all aside, like height, whatever. Corey Sandhagen had a someone's about to sound like Nate Diaz. Corey Sandhagen had a good last fight. He had a good last fight. But seriously, his fight with Rafael um, Sunsell was amazeballs. I really thought that was an, an amazing fight, and he just shut Rafael down without like making it a boring fight. Like he's doing this, oh, he shut him down. It's like they like fucking like played a chess match. <laughs> but I don't even like chess. Shout out Ashley that made it. No, but like when you say someone shuts someone down, usually it makes it makes it more like technical or whatever. He like nullified everything he did and also beat the fuck out of him. Corey Sanhagen did. So uh, I'm expecting a dog fight uh, between him and Frankie. And if you think I'm picking against Frankie Edgar, you can put on a vest with pockets, lace up your hiking boots, grab a map, plot out the best route, grab your binoculars, and a journal. Fill up your canteen with water. Fill up your knapsack with snacks. And take a fucking hike. Oh, dude. This next announcement, dude. When this got announced, I, I was like, oh, man. I feel sorry for anyone that's blocked by Dan Hooker. Because there was like a week where he was just blocking people from MMA Twitter. Oh, man, dude. Dan Hooker versus Paul Felder is headlining UFC Auckland in February 23rd. Man, I love this fight. Man, I love this fight, dude. I was I was about to say cage side. I wasn't really cage side. I was on what uh, Luis J. Gomez likes to call the first riser. I was in the fucking risers at UFC Atlantic City. But it was pretty, dude, my seats were so close. Um, but I was, when uh, Paul Felder was a commentator and Dan Hooker fought Jim Miller. And dude, Dan Hooker need Jim Miller. Like, it, it was it was so nasty. And he just is so gangster. He just fucking KO'd a guy. He's sitting there in the octagon, not even making eye contact with Paul Felder, kind of playing with his mouthpiece in his hand. And he's like, I've been looking for a ranked opponent. And I just so happened to be standing across from a ranked opponent. And then like looks at him and I was like, oh, dude, Paul Felder. So he called me. Basically, he called Paul Felder a long time ago. It's been in the works, dude. It's been in the works. And I remember when Dan Hooker was calling out Poirier. Uh, Poirier declined. He goes, no, I'm finding the Irishman or whatever the fuck he said. Um, but I love this. And Poirier, it's not like I was coming for him. I'm just saying whatever he said. Um, Paul Felder had tweeted at Dan Hooker with a fucking meme of like a hooker <laughs> in someone's car. And he's like, I heard a, I heard a hooker is looking for a fight or some shit, dude. And I, from then on, I was like, yeah, I want to see that fight, dude. Uh, there are some people that thought um, Edson Barbosa got robbed in this last fight of Paul Felder. I'm not one of them. Uh, I thought it was a, a, a good fight. 
I especially love the way Paul Felder responded on Instagram by saying, hey, uh, I was pushing forward the whole time and one of us was, was trying to quit and that wasn't me. I was like, oh, dude. But think about it. He made Edson Barbosa the fucking, the guy who you've never seen try and wrestle ever in his life, who everyone else tries to wrestle, who is only a striker. He made Edson Barbosa shoot for a takedown. How do you like that? Philadelphia, stand up. Bro, I think I might have to... Sometimes I like... You guys love for the last one. By the way, let, let me know uh, how y'all liked the last episode with Leo. That, that was a lot of fun for us. But I was like, I don't know if people are going to like it because it's just our lives. Um, but, uh, <laughs> dude, Dan Hooker is basically Leo's favorite fighter. And sometimes I think I might, like, I just go against him just to fucking be on the opposite sides. You got to do that with your friends, dude. You got you to gotta fucking sometimes, like, go against your friends. Like, hey, whatever, we're fighting now. Um, but I'll say I love Dan Hooker, too. This is going to be an amazing fight, dude. Oh, my God, this next fight, dude. This next fight. I can't fucking wait. I can't fucking wait. Because you know why? I saw this announcement. And shout out to Big Marcel with the fucking most amazing fight announcements. Dude, I don't even see fight announcements anymore from like um, Errol Hawani and Brad Akimoto. Like they, they used to be the ones like breaking news all the time. Like, oh, this contract has been signed between so-and-so or whatever. And I'll be like, yeah, okay. Um... Now I see him from Marcel, and so I tag Kairos in this one. Uh, it's Macy Chasson is fighting. Um, uh, Nico Montano at UFC 167, UFC Fight Night 167 in Rio Rancho, New Mexico, February 20th, or sorry, February 15th, 2020. And you know what? Let's hear what what. Uh, Let's hear what Kairos has to say about it. My man, I don't know how this pertains to me. I mean, perhaps I'll watch it. I don't know. My man, I don't... <laughs> no, I had to flex on him on the podcast. Dude, I love Kairos. I love Kairos. That, that clip made my fucking day. He's like, my man, I don't know how this pertains to me. <laughs> I love everything about it, dude. Carlos uh, is the biggest Messi Chasson fan that anyone knows. <laughs> that anyone, there is no bigger Messi Chasson fan than Kairos. That's it. He's number one. He's our number one fan. I love that about him. I love, I love Messi Chasson. Um, I love, I love the idea of Nico Montano trying to, like, reinvent herself after being, like, <laughs> for some reason, the most hated fighter on the roster when uh, they were trying to make the fight with her and Valentina and it never came to fruition. Uh, I still don't believe, like, the full story has ever been really told there. Um, I mm, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we need more. So I'm excited for, for Nico Montano. Uh, there were some people that said it was, it's not a fair fight because Macy really should be a featherweight and Nico should be a flyweight. But dude, like 
Nico had problems making 125. So in my mind, she's a bantamweight. And Macy has been fighting at bantamweight. Um, you know, I, and I think after that last fight with Lena Landsberg, she's going to take those lessons uh, and, and, uh, and do well. I'm excited for this. Really excited. I fucking wish I had a Kairos clip for all of these fights, dude. Especially for this next one. Oh my god. I built up to it. In like the most juice way because not really built up to it. But I I saved it for last. Khabib versus Tony was finally announced for UFC 249 in Brooklyn. Can I get an amen? Amen, amen. Woo! So excited for this fucking fight, dude. I have mentioned Khabib and Tony on every podcast that I've ever done. You can look that up. You can go back. Every time someone asks a question, what's the fight you want to see the most? <laughs> Khabib and Tony. Uh, what's the fight you need to stab in a lie with? Khabib and Tony. Uh, what what's the what's the next dream fight for Khabib and Tony, dude? I always have been talking about it. Always been talking about it on the show. I finally manifested it. Yes, I'm taking credit for it. And let me tell you something. Let me, let me tell you something. If I see you guys online saying this fight is gonna get canceled, you're fucking canceled. Not really. Cause I'm trying to work on that. I'm trying to be more positive. We're not, and we're not just gonna block everybody now. We're gonna let everyone stay. We're probably just mute people. Yeah, we're probably just mute people. But dude, we're not putting those fucking negative vibes out in the universe about this fight because it's going to happen. Okay, if I have to drag that ass into the sauna to make weight. It's going to happen. If I have to bandage Tony's ankle after tripping on a cord, it's going to happen. So you all need to chill out and get ready for April 18th. The fifth time's a charm, baby. We got to be positive. And actually, in the interest of being positive... I want to do uh, sort of weekly shout-outs, if I can remember to do them. And starting with my man Brad Johnson. His uh, handle is at Brad Johnson underscore MMA. You guys should check this out. Definitely follow him. Uh, he posts these awesome videos about jujitsu. Like It's all about jiu-jitsu. It's all positive. It's all about building a community as well. Everything I'm all about. Dude, and he makes these videos about they're like tricky, like submissions where you think it's one thing and it's totally another or it's whatever. And he'll be like, guess the submission. And I always get it wrong. And I'm not about to start getting it right. Which is to say that I try. I really do. I mean, sometimes I don't. But that, that's also because I don't know it. But. Like, I, I'll look at him and I'll be like, I don't know what the fuck that is. But I always guess because I always want to engage and interact. Because I fucking, dude, I love jujitsu more than, um, more than most things. It's really like UFC, MMA, 
um, jujitsu and then Harry Potter. That's it. Not really. Um, by the way, just got Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Loving it. Fucking playing Mario Kart my wife. Loving it. Fucking Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Loving it. But definitely follow Brad Johnson. He's the man, dude. Um, I love his videos. <laughs> I just that segue, man. I can't. It was my my fault, but I love Brad. Um, and actually, that kind of leads me into this as well. So there is uh, this thing that, like, like an adage that uh, some MMA fans throw around, and it kind of bothers me. Uh, and, and it's this, and it's this theory that if you don't train, uh, you can't talk shit. Like if you don't train jujitsu, if you don't train MMA, boxing or Muay Thai, any of the disciplines, know anything, what the fuck you're talking about, you can't talk shit on a fighter. And bro, let me tell you something. I've mentioned it a few times on this podcast. I have a degree in acting. Everybody talks shit about uh, actors. Am I supposed to be like, hey man, you don't know what you're looking at? It's art. No, talk your shit. So I'm, I'm gonna talk my shit. That said, I do want to train. I just can't. I haven't found the right gym yet. And when I do, I'm still gonna talk shit. And I was gonna praise, dude. I'll, as much as I love praising the fighters I love, dude, shitting all over them is even better. Not them, like other ones. You guys already know, I, I talked about my shit list last week, or the week before, or one of those weeks. I think it was two weeks ago. Maybe three. Probably three. Yeah, I think it was probably three, because then I had the fucking the question from Uzi that was like, oh, Mace Bar made your shit list, and then after that was the Leo episode. So yeah, it's probably three weeks ago. Um, and, 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 and if you are out there saying, I don't have a favorite fighter, <clears throat> I don't trust you, man. I don't trust you, man. My friends, we have reached the somber part of this episode. And that is that the remains of Anaya Blanchard have been found. And if you're listening to this, you probably already knew that. And I haven't recorded since the news came out. Or, well, I did. But it was with Leo. We didn't uh, have our uh, notes together. And, um it's it's what we all the, the the worst that we feared would happen happened right i mean i i think it looked grim from the beginning the fact that she was missing for so long and, and that they found the guys but they didn't find her like we were really holding out hope that some that we she would be recovered but i think we kind of knew and the worst fears were confirmed it's just awful. Like things like that make me want to not bring kids into this world. Even though I can't, but 
sometimes that makes me feel like it's a blessing in disguise. Uh, so, you know, uh, spread some love. If you're listening to this podcast and you're near somebody that you love, tell them you love them. Because we don't we don't say it enough. You know, whether it's family, friends, loved ones, you know, spouses, side pieces. Don't tell your side piece I love you, but maybe tell them I love them. I don't, but tell them that. And that's all I got. That's all I got, guys. So let's take a quick break to regroup. And then we'll jump into these questions. And we're back. Thank you for putting up with that. And now, let's kick off this forum. Uh, I got some really, really, really insightful, awesome questions from Raging Sweet Potato a while back. And they were meant to be for last episode. But that went a little long, as you guys know. And we didn't get to them. So I'm gonna answer, I'm gonna answer them now. So the last uh, well, I guess two episodes ago, maybe three. No, I think two. We when we recapped UFC Sao Paulo, we were talking about the fucking guy that um, kind of faked. Uh, getting hit with an illegal knee or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? The lady ref gave him the thing. He was duped. Anyways, we talked a lot about instant replay in that episode, and so he kind of piggybacked off of that. So he said, further to what you were saying about instant replay, the referee is only allowed to employ instant replay for a fight-ending sequence, but there is nothing stopping the UFC production truck from putting the reply, the replay, god damn it, that was my own typo, putting the replay up on the big screen where the ref could see it during a pause in the action. Do you think the commissions will be able to stop this? And do you think it's a good idea? Or is that too much of the UFC trying to influence the ref? You know what? <sighs> it fucking, it's everything. It's all of that. Like, yes, it would be good. Like, I'm all for, for shit like this. Like, I think they should do live scoring. But, you know what I mean? Like, like where the judges put their score on the thing and the fucking audience can see it. Like, oh my God, they scored that for that guy? Keep these motherfuckers honest, you know what I mean? Keep these motherfuckers honest, you know what I mean? So put so putting that replay up on the big screen would be good. But I'm also a rule fucking stickler in terms of things. That didn't make sense. But the reason why I think they should not do it and why they ultimately won't is like, yes... They, they're technically a loophole that would allow this, but there's also a loophole for the commission to be like, whoop, we're fucking not sanctioning your fights anymore. <laughs> you, you can't fucking put on your show in this state anymore. And that's a fucking quick way to get banned. And that is exactly why <laughs> the UFC hasn't done it. But it was a really good idea, and it's definitely something that needs to be explored. But they will never do it. All right. This is another question from the Rage and Sweet Potato. 
the raging sweet potato, all the way from the northern wilds of Canada, eh? Got a question for you, if you don't mind me asking. Dude, I've missed that so much. Um, he says, what is your take on the expression, he or she was winning the fight up until blank? I think this is probably the most ridiculous statement in modern MMA, aside from they're scared to fight. No one is winning a fight until the fight was won. Judges scorecards don't mean jack shit if it doesn't go the distance. Thoughts? All right, dude. I, I'm I'm conflicted on this, actually. Because I feel like I have used that statement before. And I see your point, for sure. Um, but, you know, sometimes there's... <laughs> like... I feel like just saying that doesn't tell the story because like like Chris Wyman went what like one in six in his last fights or one in five in the last stretch something like that and I feel like just saying that makes him sound like a complete bum and maybe there's something there's some of you who think that but I'm not one of them because I subscribe to the fact that he was winning those fights at least the majority of them until he wasn't uh i remember a tweet uh one time from from elias theodoro and i can't tell if his interpretation like makes it more towards subtitles point or more toward mine um uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was actually during the victor peshta versus alexi Olenek fight uh whatever the one that alexi first uh landed the exequel choke and he, uh, Elias had tweeted out, MMA is the sport where you're winning until you're not. And that's how I feel about it. Because, like, on the one hand, it means that the guy who's on the losing end of that needs to not count themselves out. Uh, same with the audience as well, or, or whatever you want to say. But it's also... Yeah. See, I'm, of course, fucking spacing the hell out here because of that fucking bowl, but um, I, I kind of disagree with you, Sweep It doesn't happen often. You know that. But, uh, like, I, I think there's instances when it applies, when you need to say it. Like fucking Pat Berry, Czech Congo. Pat Berry was working Czech Congo until he got fucking laid the fuck out. But I guess that's a little more to your point as well because there's people who haven't heard of Pat Berry but they know who Czech Congo is. And Czech Congo is still fighting. There we go. Talked myself out of that one. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't mind it. I agree about the they're scared to fight though. I mean, come on. I'm like, I made this tweet about fucking... Dude, there's a bunch of Leon Edwards fans online. They're like, oh, Jorge is ducking Leon. It's like, first of all, bro, do we know if that fight has ever been offered at all? Like, I don't think the UFC is even interested in that. I really don't. But also, um, if if he is or, or like simply declining to find him because he's got other, other stuff, I don't give a damn, dude. Let him make his money. Let him make that money. That said, I do take the piss out of Leon Edwards a lot, but 
he should be getting a title shot next. That's pretty clear to me. Or like the fight with Woodley, something where it's like this fucking is a clear number one contender fight. Because even though he has a massive win streak, he's never been given like a clear like number one contender's fight. Like you fucking win this and you fight with the title. So um, he either needs a title shot or that kind of a fight. There I am inserting Leon Edwards where he has no business being inserted, just like his fights. Oh, I'm so bad. Um, his next fight, his next question from uh, Ilir Latifi. I mean, <laughs> goddamn, his next question from the Rage of Sweet Potato. He says, Ilir Latifi versus Derek Lewis is official for February 8th. Regardless of the outcome of the fight, now that Latifi is competing in the heavyweight division, should the UFC book the most freak show fight possible in the organization? Stefan Struve versus Alir Latifi. I think we as fans deserve how to see deserve to see how this modern David versus Goliath fight plays out. Latifi is five foot eight inches with a seventy three inch reach, and Struve is six foot eleven inches with an eighty five inch reach. Oh my god, dude! I never thought I wanted to see uh, that fight, and then once once he sent me this DM like two weeks ago, I was like, oh my god, I can't unsee that like and by the way Stefan Struve like has held on to that KO victory of Stephen Miocic that he has and he has some some nice wins but he has also sometimes doesn't look like he belongs I'm convinced that a fucking like good ass middleweight could beat Stefan Struve I really do um cause he doesn't fight with his reach he doesn't Latifi would get inside and work that fucking ass. Dude, if you think Stefan Struve would beat Alir Latifi, I want to know why. I want to know why. And yeah, dude, those fucking freak show fights. Dude, I remember um, a couple years ago. This was probably in 2016, maybe 17. Uh, No, it definitely would have had to have been 16, dude. Maybe 15, actually. Uh, doesn't matter anyway. Fight Pass had this thing where they were like the most top-down countdown to the 10 most freaky fights in MMA. And it was fucking hosted by Forrest Griffin. Um, and he basically played like a lot of freak show fights from Pride. <laughs> like Butterbean and stuff. And like Bob Sapp and all these fucking like freak show fights they had. And I was like, dude, I'm so here for it. I'm so here for it. I tried to do an episode on that. My other podcast, Mixed Martial Opinions, and we couldn't get our shit together to find those. Uh, and um, Andrew doesn't like to watch fights anyway, so that never happened. But dude, I want to see it. I want to see it. Latifi versus Stefan Struve. Book it, UFC, because I know Mick Maynard and Sean Shelby. They listen to this podcast. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They're gonna listen to me. <laughs> Mick Mayer's fucking Australian. Like, yeah, of course I'll make it. Yeah. Yeah, Stefan Struve. Gonna fly Layla TV. I'm so fucking out of line, dude. Alright. Um that that's it for the fucking the regular questions. Those are awesome questions from Ray to Sweet Potato. Now we get into these voice questions. Oi. This fucking this this first one comes from Shane Tara, 
and it says, show me yours, I'll show you mine. Ah. Oh boy, Juice, I got a good one for you today. This one's gonna make you do some motherfucking homework. Check this shit out. <clears throat> Here's my question, bitch. Who is your favorite tattooer from before the 1970s? Thank you. My friend, you sent this to me in plenty of time for me to do research. And I had every intention of doing that research. And life got in the way. And I went to um, Vermont with my wife for the weekend for her birthday. And it was Thanksgiving as well. So I wanted to include that because it was a cool question. But I did not do the research. But also, I, I kind of feel like it would be disingenuous of me to answer that because I don't know anything about it. So it would be just based on like an hour's research. And I wouldn't have time to f properly form my opinion. But since since it was a tattoo question, I'll give a tattoo answer, even though it's not related to the question. I was just thinking about this because the conversation I had with um, Soup Tato and Drew Jitsu online today. Um, is it Drew Jitsu? The hip hop since nineteen seventy six. Fucking love that guy. Um, shout out to you. I was like, whenever I think he has um, he has Biggie as his profile picture, and I'm gonna be like, it's, you know, it's Biggie. Um, but uh, I decided I'm going to get my second tattoo. Uh, I don't know when. Like I'm not like it's not like I have the appointment booked or anything. I don't have the design fully flushed out yet. But I want to. I want to get um, Expecto Patronum on my arm uh, because I read a really cool story. Well, actually no. Let's walk it back. Um, my wife and I were talking about my depression, and she said, it's like I have a Dementor following me, which if you don't know about Harry Potter, Dementors are fucking like, they just suck the happiness out of you, and they're, they, they're, you've become like a fucking, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Like, you become in despair, like there's no fucking end in, end in sight. And the Patronus charm is used to ward them off and you have to like think of a happy thought and it and it like generates the patronus and so expect a patronum is the incantation for that charm and i want to get that charm written on my arm and i was googling what that would look like to see if i like, get some inspiration and I, and I found a story about someone who had tweeted that they tweeted at jk rowling this was like years ago this is like probably like three years ago they tweeted jk rowling saying that they would love to get it tattooed in her handwriting because of their depression and that um, they would want to get it on the arm that they cut themselves with so that it, they would see it before that and that would kind of ward them off, which I thought was I mean, sad as shit, but also, like, cool. And JK actually did it. She wrote Expect a Patronum and, like, took a picture and tweeted it out to that girl, and she got that tattoo, dude. And um, I don't know if I would get hers just because it exists someone else, but then it's like, and it's also the real shit so i don't know i'm still playing with it but um there's my answer that doesn't have to do with your question but i wanted to tell that story in the podcast hello smoking with myself podcast this is a juicy j imitator and my question for you is what's your favorite mayhem miller fight i love mayhem miller personally 
chess. Dude, I fucking love Mayhem Miller. By the way, he titled that I Am to Dialects as Brenda. <laughs> I don't know if this is a typo on purpose or if it's a if it's a slam on Brendan Shaw, but it, he spelled it Brenda Shaw. And why has no one ever thought of that, dude? <laughs> he said I Am to Dialects as Brenda Shaw is to MMA. Bro. That'd be the best title in FWM voice message history. Um, my favorite man, dude, Mayhem Miller. Fucking, I, I said on, on the on the last podcast that um, watching the like press conference highlights of like uh, the Conor McGregor press conference like got me into MMA. But uh, and by the way, I caught some shade for that for no reason because people should, for some reason wanted like shame people that when they got into the sport. Um, if it wasn't like in the nineties or the fucking early two thousands pride days. Um, but what really like started my MMA journey was fucking bully beatdown. I have seen, I think every episode of bully beatdown. I fucking love that show and seeing those guys beat the piss out of those bullies made me feel good inside. And I don't care if they're actors. I don't care. And so anytime anyone fights from Bully Beatdown, I fucking stand them. Like, not really, but, like, like that's why I loved Eddie Alvarez. Because he fucking... Dude, he leg kicked this guy so hard. And he only threw leg kicks. I think it was, like, his second time on the show, so he kind of knew how it worked. And this bully was, like, this fucking meatball. This, like, juiced-up, like, short-ass fucking guy that was, like, give me a heavyweight. I fucking... I bench whatever i benched 300 pounds you gotta give me a fucking heavyweight whatever i'll throw him over the cage ah and then eddie alvarez just hit him with like six leg kicks in a row and like buckled the guy until he was on his knees and eddie fucking kicked him in the chest it was amazing i think he backflipped off the cage as well dude eddie's the king um fucking what else was i gonna say andre arlovsky was on that show Dude, Andre Arlovsky was the man back in the day until he decided to become a fucking Trumper for no reason, dude. You're from Belarus. Why are you getting into fucking... Ugh, I don't even know. Dude, Mayhem Miller. My favorite Mayhem Miller fight? It's hard because I love the Jake Shields fight because he fucking almost beat Jake Shields um, in the sense that he had that rear naked choke and... and um, I feel like he could have finished it, but Jake Shields is just really tough and also really good at jiu-jitsu. Um, but I also love the Mayhem, um, the Mayhem Miller fight, the, the Miller versus uh, Sakuraba fight. Dude, that's amazing. And, and if, if, was that the fight that he came out when the, on the walkouts that he had the, the Japanese schoolgirls with him? And fucking, they would, dude, that is the best, the second best walkout in MMA history, probably. Fuck. Hey there, Juice. This is a potato imitator, and I got a question for you if you don't mind me asking. I'm wondering, what is your favorite fight by Kazushi Sakuraba? I just can't get enough of watching that guy. I don't know. He's great. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> uh, little, little nod to Ray Chucho there. I love it. Um, my favorite Sakuraba fight, the fucking 
Hoist Gracie fight, dude. Even though it's like an hour long for no reason. He beat the piss out of Hoist. I mean, he really did. He fucking made them quit, dude. Sakuraba's a legend. There's, there is no other Sakuraba. And then, oh my god. I feel like I have to read the title before I play this, even though I can't remember. No, I think I know what this is. He goes, Admiral Akbar confirms this is not a trap. Hey, Juicy J, it's your boy Shane Terra. I got another real random off the wall question for you because you know how I do. So what I want to ask you is, so far, what is your favorite question that I have asked you for your podcast? I don't know, man. The one, <laughs> the one yet where you asked about Sean Brady and it started out with like, Hey, Juice. Mm, Poopin. Scroll on Instagram. That was fucking solid. And it inspired a funny joke. I I kind of, well, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was that good of a joke that I made after. which in, But that joke inspired Wes from the Donkey Show to leave a pretty hilarious fucking message on the next episode. Which actually made Jamie laugh. And Jamie blocked me for tweeting dots. And that is Twitter for you. Hey, bitches. I just want to say that I agree with John Anik. Don't fucking text and drive. (laughs) Brother, title of this one. Says, was going to try Gegard Musasi voice, but didn't, which explains the hey bitches. Uh, hey bitches, I agree with John Anik. Don't text and drive. There, I did it for you. Um, yeah, dude, I agree. And I uh, fall victim to this sometimes. Uh, although, since I got my new car, I've been trying not to do that because I have Android Auto and you can fucking text with um, your voice and it's better. Um, but every time, like, I'm texting with someone. I think they're driving. I'm like, I just text them, drive safe. So they know. Oh my God, there's one more from Shane Tara. Sanford and Sonnen. Okay, Juice. So, hear me out. Chill Sonnen versus Pablo Filo 3. And um, the beginning of the second quarter, 2020, for one championship so they can both juice up and do whatever they want. What do you think? I'm in, dude. And I canceled Chael because I couldn't stand some things he said on the podcast, but I always fucking support that guy in other things, just not on his show. I mean, how could you fucking... Talk about Greg Hardy like that. I mean, like, oh, he was looking like Matrita moving his hip. Oh my god, dude. And we're not even gonna go into the other reasons I canceled chill. But fuck man. I do miss him. I miss him fighting. He's good for the sport. Him versus Paulo Filo. I would love to do that. I would love to do that. All right, my God, dude. My God, dude. 
this next title. I'm just going to, dude, if I read this title, you'll know exactly who it is. And you'll know exactly what's about to come. So I'm just going to say it. The Bong Ripper Olympian. That's one. That's two. That's three. That's four. That's five. That's six. Did you get seven in? Did you get seven in? Yeah. Yes! Dude, he broke his own record from last week. Fuck, man. That's amazing. We're not worthy. Dude, we're not worthy. Bro, I can't fucking wait. I can't fucking wait for Ali Ra's response. And uh, fucking Wally, you were supposed to sell one in two as well. <laughs> Slipping. But uh, anyway, dude, it's just like, I think it was Ali Ra who said this. If this podcast just becomes one giant international smoke sesh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Yo, Juice, I'm watching the newest Quintet, Quintet 4. <clears throat> I don't know if you watch Quintet or not. I think it's fucking awesome. I'm not going to explain it to you. You should just watch it, but it's really cool. And also, I can't wait for the next Quintet, which is going to be teams like Team Pride versus Team Strike Force versus Team WEC. Anyway, this sort of brings me to the point I want to, the question I wanted to ask. So I'm watching Quintet. And they have the, I'm pretty sure they have the same announcer as the dude from Pride, and I have no idea what that guy's name is. But that dude's fucking awesome. So I want to know, who do you think is the best ring announcer? Is it the, the homie from Pride, or is it Bruce Buffer, or is it fucking Joe Martinez, or um, I don't know. But maybe is, it, is it Michael Buffer? Who do you think is the best uh, MMA ring announcer? Dude, I have, I have two. So... It feels like such a like a casual thing to say, but Bruce Buffer really is the fucking goat of that. But Joe Martinez does not get enough love, in my opinion. I, I feel like everyone gets so bad when he comes on. It's like, oh, he's the backup Buffer. Oh, fuck that. Some of us, I think his nasally voice is annoying when he's like, June Jetsu. <laughs> but I fucking love it, dude. The way he, like, like he like navigates a melody almost when he uh fucking announces but i'll give you like joe martinez actually isn't the other one i was going to mention i just wanted to say that because i love bruce buffer but i also love joe martinez but i feel like you can't pick both of them like you got to pick just one and obviously i'm gonna pick brucey right love brucey but 
there's a guy, and that you just you said the best MMA announcer, so this technically maybe doesn't count unless he does MMA that I don't know about. But there's a fucking guy, dude. There's these. This is great promotion in New York called Friday Night Fights, and they're on Fight Pass. Um, you can see them on on Fight Pass. It's a pretty good production value. Uh, but they're in New York, and actually, I want to say, uh, is it Matt on the Moon? Um, shout out to that guy. His brother is fighting. The, um, in these fights in December 20th, I want to say. And uh, if you're if you're listening, let me know so I can shout out properly in the next episode and, and, and give like a proper shout out to, to your brother. Wish him, we want to wish him luck. Um, but uh, the guy that announces those fights, dude, he has fucking, it's a white guy that's like, like a little bit like tall and skinny with dreads like down to his hips. And... He just is like, I just imagine him smoking like all the weed and he's just like, yeah, welcome to Friday Night Fights. That's probably was a bad imitation, probably doesn't even sound anything like him, but he definitely has like a more like Joe Martinez style, but not nasally. Like he's like, like he doesn't try to sound like, Bruce Barber tries to put too much like rasp in it sometimes where he's like, Bruce Buffer sometimes is just like, oh my god, dude. But uh, this guy's like legit. Uh, and I wish I knew his name, but he's the fucking shit. And that was Shane Terra, by the way. I don't think he said his name. I don't think I said it because uh, I got sidetracked. But um, he tell it, hashtag AskFWM. And I love that he puts that in his voice questions, even though. I never actually made that hashtag. You guys have been making the hashtag, which is actually great um, uh, because I always forget to do the ask split pod hashtag when I'm fucking sending questions to split decision podcast, which you guys should listen to because it's great. Hey, man, I apologize for the poor audio quality. I'm sitting outside in the cold during class because I want to send you a hot message to warm us both up. And that's symbolic of our relationship, man. I will send out in the cold for you. Let's talk about something that'll warm us up. Macy Chazon versus Nico Montanjo. Woo! She had a Q&A on Instagram, and I tried to shoot my shot. I was like, hey, listen, if I get your next opponent correctly, will you fly me out? Obviously joking. She was like, you already know the answer probably. I'm like, damn it, she fell through the deception. She saw through the deception. Anyway, how do you feel about that fight? I'm excited for it. Y'all already know who I'm going for. Y'all already know how it's going down. Shoot, Mexico just got a banger for a fight. I don't care what nobody says. Love the podcast. Love you, bro. Have a great day. <laughs> Man, I love Cairo so much, dude. Oh, that was incredible. I love that energy, man. That really, dude, Kairos Loki might be one of the best accounts on Twitter with the fucking voice responses, the video responses. I started doing that too. And it's not like uh, like trying to steal your gimmick. It's just, it's just, I feel like if everyone did it, like Twitter would be a better place because then you would not have to worry about like, oh, what was the tone there? And fucking people would be funnier. Like, dude, we should all be doing that. I'll be doing that. Anyways, um, also check out his show on YouTube. Is it fair to call it a show? His channel, anyway. Um, that fucking Cowboy Connor promo. I'm not kidding you, dude. I was getting chills listening to it, watching it. Fuck, man. I might go watch it again, actually. Uh, but obviously, I already talked about that fight, so you already know. 
Um, we repping Macy uh, on this podcast as well. <laughs> I'm an honorary Louisianian. You guys already know that from my previous episode. Wearing that uh, paid in full shirt by Destin Poirier. You already know. I'm an honorary Louisianian. That's it. Ever since Cole Henry started listening to my show, I decided I'm an honorary Louisianian. And that's it. Can't take that away from me. <laughs> the title of this next one, dude. Habib slash Tony in NYC equals advantage for Tony. Dot, dot, dot. Shab is a clown. Hello, Juice. It's Jake from Planet MMA here. My question for you is, with the announcement that Habib and Tony will be fighting in New York City, do you think that Tony has any advantages with the fight being in New York? The New York Commission have gotten quite a bad rap for stopping the Diaz versus Masvidal fight over a silly little cut that I'm pretty sure was showing Nate's brain, but... Anyway, do you think that this gives Tony any advantages or does it give Habib an advantage? I say it does give Tony a slight advantage because the doctors will be eager to stop the fight if Habib gets caught from guard. Make sure to give me your thoughts. A silly little cut. I love that. Do you know what? When I first read this title, Habib versus Tony... An advantage for Tony, being that it's in New York. I was thinking, maybe he's going to say about the judges. Being that New York is America, and Tony is American. And I wanted to tell you, Brooklyn is full of fucking Russians. <laughs> but in all seriousness, um, the fucking... Y'all going after the New York Commission for that doctor for stopping the name fight over that cut? I'll say it again. I liked the stoppage. It was a good stoppage. Like Jake said, pretty sure saw Nate's brain. Was a good stoppage. Um, but uh, and anything that's an advantage for Tony, I'll take it. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. This is war, dude. Tony or get fucked, okay? Just kidding. I love Khabib too. Uh... Oh my god, he did another one, dude. Hey there, Juice. Fighting with myself. It's Smokey J here from Australia. Uh, firstly, man, I'd just like to say a big fucking thanks for tagging Ariel in that bag drawing the other day. Not only did I get a fucking honourable mention from the man himself, but that tweet reached nearly half a million people, which is fucking outrageous. So thanks, man. You're the realest of the real. And that leads me into my question. I was watching Alistair Overeem talk to Ariel the other day, and he said that he's pretty keen on having another run for a title and reckons that it's possible. Uh, we all know what a win would do, but where would a loss put Alistair back in the picture? Oh, that's all, man. Bye. Dude, I'm getting a little emotional just thinking about um, people like Smokey J who have been with me since the beginning. And, like, 
when I first found out that you could send uh, send and receive voice messages on Anchor, and then you could play them on the show, I was like, oh my god, this is what I've been fucking looking for to take my show to the next level. I need this. And I like had tweeted out the link, and you know, the first person to send a voice message was Genghis. I think the second one was Leo. But the third, and and Leo hasn't sent one in since those like first two. The th- I think the third was Smokey J, and it used to be just Genghis and Smokey J for a while. And I'm convinced, dude, people hearing those fucking bong rips convince them to send in questions. I'm convinced. So. It's the least I could do, Smokey J. He, he made this awesome drawing of Ariel Hawani. And, you know, I don't usually, like, tag fighters in, like, people's posts, especially. I mean, he's not a fighter, he's, but he's an MMA personality, if you will. Um, which I believe that's what the tweet said as well. He's like, not a fighter, but a badass MMA media person or whatever. Um, but I just like, and there's certain instances when you can tell, and I was just like, man, Arrow needs to see this. He needs to know that Smokey J is out here putting in work for the community, for the culture. So I tag Ariel. And actually, I don't get a lot of response from him. But actually, they did read my review about his show on the show where I said how much of a fucking Ariel fan I am. And. I I made a tweet about it, which he liked, so I'm pretty sure he was, like, expecting more of that and saw the tweet from Smokey J. Bro. And when he said he got an honorable mention from the guy himself, dude, that's... Like, I looked it up to, to see if I could find it, but I don't know what... I, I, I couldn't tell what exactly it was, but usually Ariel Hawani does this thing called honorable mention, but it's spelled, like, mensch in Yiddish which is like a nice person. So it's like honorable mention and you're like highlighting mentions. Um, and I didn't see Smokey J on there, but maybe that was just because I wasn't looking in the right place. But fuck, man, that's amazing. Uh, a loss for Alistair Overeem would put him several rungs down the ladder. Like if it was a loss to... to ooh, getting tired. If it was a loss to Walt Harris, I, I feel like it wouldn't be as bad because Walt Harris is more of a name and um, I think he's higher ranked than Jarzinho is. Jarzinho is like this new like dark horse that just came out of the division, like kind of like, who is this guy? He's knocking people out with a jab. Like, what the fuck? And... Uh, I think if Reem loses to him, it's a little bit more devastating for his career. Not, I mean, not his career. Like he's already like solidified himself as like a legend of the game, but um, it definitely hurts his run at a title, which is, I guess, what he's aspiring to. But just the guys like Reem for like being delusional, I guess, <laughs> because if a fight, if a fighter were to come on the show, he's like, "Nah, I'm not really trying to get the title. I just want to get these last few fights and then retire." I'd be like, oh man, that sucks. But uh, it's it's fighters like that who are like, yeah, I still got it. And I'm like, a worried for you. B gonna tune in. So it's a 
So a little juxtaposition there. All right, this next one, dude. FWM Smoke Sesh, round two. So this is the response from Ali Ra. so he got six in man that was so close such a close race between him and Smokey but Smokey just edged him out which is uh which is really the veteran the veteran experience of Smokey J knowing that he did six last time and that I'll be looking to replicate that so he knew he had to take up another level and fucking went to seven dude I love this so much Wally step your fucking game up dude while I didn't even participate. That's that's how much he needs to step his game up. Um, dude. <laughs> how fucking lucky am I that I have people in Australia doing bong rips on my podcast. I don't deserve y'all. I really don't. Yo, Juice. How's it going, mate? It's Holly Rye here. Fucking kicking it. Starting to get the fucking munchies that way. So it brings me to my question. What's your fucking go-to munchie food? Cheers, mate. Alright, I have two, sort of. Well, <laughs> I have a few, actually. But my So my go-to now... Is I'll um I'll get the uh, Fritos scoops or like Trader Joe's has a version of them, but you know they're like it's like the Frito chips, but they're in a scoop, and I'll get some hummus, which actually I pronounce hummus, because I think that's how it's supposed to be pronounced, and no one's gonna fucking tell me differently. Um, so I'll get some scoops in hummus, and uh, I'll eat that, and it's good as shit, dude. Um, sometimes I'll like make guacamole or I'll fucking make beans. I just start getting creative. But what I was gonna say, my second thing is like multiple things because when I was roommates with Leo from the last episode, I used to get the munchies so bad whenever we smoked. Or actually, him and I never like smoked together a lot. Um, I would always be like high on my own. I would just come home and we would just fucking hang out together and like I, I would be eating and he would be like roasting me for my fucking. Uh, high creations but then he would be like dude I'm loving these one time I fucking made tater tots and I was like these need some sauce on them they're dry and I fucking put 
like teriyaki sauce or something on them, which no one does. And I was like, I came in. He was like, dude, that's disgusting. Get it away from me. I was like, don't knock until you try it. And then he, he hates, takes one bite. And he's like, I hate you. And then like takes a few more bites. But one time, dude, I fucking got, this is like the best fucking high thing I've ever made. And I'm sad that I'll never be able to have it for a few reasons. But I fucking had a bowl of um, my favorite granola, which doesn't exist anymore, which was um, from Trader Joe's. I think Archer's Farms brand, their own brand. Not Trader Joe's, Target. The Target fucking brand. And it's called Dark Chocolate Hazelnut Chunk Biscotti or something like that. Oh, my God. So I had this fucking granola, right? had some almond milk and then I fucking put turtle Chex Mix in there which I don't know if they make that anymore but it's like you got like peanut butter and caramel and fucking all kind of deliciously nasty shit in there and I fucking put that on the thing and it was so good dude it was so good and let me tell you something else <laughs> I used to do this. They used to fucking make fun of me for this all the time. But there was a cereal called Blueberry Muffin Tops. I don't know if you've ever um, had this, but it looks exactly like French Toast, um, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, the fucking squares with the swirls. But it tastes exactly like a fucking blueberry muffin. And I used to have that with like peanut butter and cream cheese because I'm a gluttonous piece of shit. I used to have that all the time. Bro, that was such a great trip down memory lane. Alright, this is the last voice question. This is also going to be the longest voice question in FWM history. So, let's take it away. Hey Juice, Gino Peppers here. This is my first uh, voice question. Um kind of late to this whole community like uh i've been on mma twitter for a few years but didn't really know about the follow trains and g everyone knows g got me into them and then i met all you guys and it's been amazing because now i'm interacting with all these amazing people whereas before i just used it for news and now uh with this podcast it's it's kind of great for me because i'm an old mma fan like i used to do this sure dog podcast way back in the day before podcasts were even a thing they put down beat down um after the bells and all of the shows leading up to it and i knew like i was just all over that when i was younger before i had kids and uh or even no when i had kids still it started to like just the last i don't know eight years or so i stopped with sure dog anyways i'm going on and on but i'm just giving some history because i'm just new like i'm saying to the whole mma community like so and especially all the awesome people on your show that i listen to so cool really really amazing points of view and uh i guess i can start with um that noise but usually all your australian friends you hear the bubbles but this is uh just the standard vape pen like you use um i i I just find it way more discreet way more easy to just zip one of those in anyways getting back to uh what i was talking about i was just looking on sure dog and it said 
that Nate Marquardt, Nate motherfucking Marquardt, is going to make a come comeback in 2020. And for me, Nate Marquardt means the beginnings, because like I, I just I just remember him like around 2008, and me and one of my friends, I was like, we're, he was fighting Anderson Silva, and it, it just brings me back to a whole other era. And then when I think of that uppercut on T Wood, where he just like obliterated him, and everyone just forgot about that. But Nate. Marcor for me was always like you know coming from uh what did he do before pank race um that he was just like someone i thought was going to get that ufc title and obviously that didn't happen that's not going to happen but just the fact that he's coming back it kind of got me excited and i just wanted to know what you thought about that and um what your memories of nate Marcourt are and uh what your I like? What's your opinion on Sherdog too? Because I just nobody really talks about that anymore. And every time I mention it, um, like just in tweets or whatever, it's like almost like the new MMA fans don't really know about it. And I mean, it was my source for everything, like starting out. So, and I kind of like I say, I started watching uh, UFC one pretty much. I'm not trying to sound, but I'm fifty years old. So, like I started, I used to box. I started right from the start. But I honestly gave up on it after about UFC four or five because then uh, I when it actually when it started to become a sport and they were putting weight classes that's when I stopped because it, ironically I was into boxing my whole life and then I thought of it was going the boxing way and I just thought it was so cool at the beginning and I thought it was going the boxing way of multiple um, weight classes just when it started and I gave up and that's the time I went to Japan I lived in Japan in two thousand two two thousand three. As ignorant and stupid as I was, I lived right beside the Osaka Dome where so many pride fights were happening and I'm so fucking stupid that I didn't get to see them. And anyways, when I came back and, and around 2005, that's when I became a fan again. And Nate Marquardt just basically, I think it just like as soon as I heard Nate Marquardt, I was like, boom, I felt like it was around that era again. So. Yeah, what are your thoughts on Nate Marquardt and Sherdog? And sorry for being so lengthy, but like I say, I'm just introducing myself verbally to the community, this awesome little community you've built within your own podcast and to MMA Twitter. And have a good day. Dude, that was great. I love hearing people's stories of, of how they become a Fi fan because there's, there's too much uh, going on in the MMA community that where you know you gotta you gotta be like i feel like people get judged for like the time they started watching and it's just kind of not my favorite thing because the more the merrier and we should we should be encouraging i don't know all kinds of mma fans i guess um but uh that said you guys should follow gino peppers he's amazing um, I believe his favorite band is Weezer, and that is my friend Andrew's one of his favorite bands too. And definitely, I love Weezer. And I bet I, w- I would bet that there's someone else that's in this podcast who'd be like, "I fucking love Weezer too," and I'm Canadian like Juno Peppers. I think he's Canadian. Um, <laughs> dude, Nate Marquardt. Let me let me tell you something. First of all, Nate Marquardt. I'm going to disappoint here because I was like happy when he was gone because he wasn't looking that good in his, his last few fights. 
Um, of course, there was the moment at UFC 188 where he quit on the stool and, and Trevor Whitman threw in the towel, which I fully support. Um, you know, and there's just there's just times when I feel like Nate Marquardt wasn't in it toward the later part of the career. And he did an interview with Eric Hawani when he announced his retirement saying that he he felt like he was spreading Jesus through fighting. I got really turned off by Nate Marquardt. And I actually, I want to make something clear. Like I support anyone's faith. Like I don't want to discriminate about that. Um, I don't believe in organizing religion myself, but I don't want to take away from anyone that does. And um, yeah, this actually just stems from a conversation I had um, with Kairos the other day. But um, I want to say that I love you guys in regards to that. But when, when Nate said that, I was like, oh, boo-boo, no, stop. So I'm not an A. Marquardt fan. And, um, you know, I feel like, but, but I'm also in a place where I don't want to see the guy get hurt. And I feel like if he comes back, he'll be fit to the Lions. So, like, if he were to... If he were to come back and lose, that'd be bad. But you know what I mean? So, I don't know. But SureDog, actually, dude, SureDog, if I'm, like, looking ahead to the fight card in in the coming week, in any given week, and I see there's, like, a, a debuting fighter or someone I haven't seen before, I'll go on SureDog and I'll look them up. Dude, it's such a great resource. And shouts to those guys. Um, actually, the story of how it came to be was is really interesting. I think not really interesting, but it's if you're a five fan, you might find it interesting. The guy that founded it, I think Jeff Sherwood. I guess he was like one of the first people to start covering fights and like made the blog, and then it became this thing. And he actually got bought out, which is so sad. So he's not even part of the website anymore. But uh, yeah, it used to be like a great thing. I mean, it still is a great thing, but I'm saying it used to be like grassroots kind of MMA coverage, and, and they were like one of the first people doing it. So um, I always like uh, like sure dog. And that brings us to the end of the forum here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's close up this bag. And then um, before we get out of here, I just got to give my picks really quick for the Washington, D.C. card. All right, this coming Saturday, December 7th, it's going down. It's going down. It's going down. Fade to Black Street. The homies got RB collab creations. Bump like acne, no doubt. I'll put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Ass out. Tell me, who can stop when Dre making moves? Attract the honeys like a magnet. Give it a orgasm with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies Black Street and Teddy. The original rum shakers. Shorty get down, good lord. Baby got a moment up over town. Strictly bitch, you don't play around. Cover much ground. Got game by the pound. Getting paid is a forte. Each and every day to play away. Can't get her out of my mind. Bro, I love that fucking song, dude. These are the kind of tangents you can expect on this podcast. But where were we? UFC on 
on uh, on ESPN, December seventh. It's going down. Fucking Al Shelvereem versus Jorginho Rosenstrike is the headliner. But open up the card. We got Cody Stamen versus Song Yudong. Now, my prediction for this is very simple. Song Yudong just knocked a guy the fuck out in his last performance. And uh, sometimes I want to see Cody Stamen get knocked the fuck out. I was really happy when Aljo gave him the business in that uh, card in Dallas. When he hit him with the Sulawet stretch, which he never gets credit for because everyone only remembers the beats, even though Alger did it an hour before him, dude. Fuck out of here with that. Anyway, Song Yudong, third round KO. Okay. Next we got Aspen Lad versus Yana Kunitskaya. Now, Yana Kunitskaya has been making a video, not a video, <laughs> maybe. But she's been posting her and Tiago Santos on Instagram. And it is fucking cute as shit. And then she put... she They made one that was like a photo shoot looking like fucking Game of Thrones. Where like she was like Khaleesi and he was called Drogo. And I don't know if that was on purpose because it isn't like an exact replica. It's just like kind of in that vibe. And they're like in the desert. And he's like on a blanket. It's like, it's like fucking off the cover of a romance novel and shit. And she put the caption, literally, the only thing in the caption was the lyrics to that song, You're My Best Friend from Queen. And I was like, Yana, what the fuck? But that said, I think Aspen Ladd can probably grind out a decision here. All right, it's Stefan Strew versus Ben Rothwell is happening on this card. What the fuck? I love Ben Rothwell, dude. I don't give a fuck. I feel like a lot of people turned on him because of the Usada thing. Maybe after that as well. I was always a fan of Ben Rothwell, dude. When he came out with that fucking cloak and he knocked Alistair over him the fuck out and did that like... <laughs> fucking evil laugh. Love that dude. Love that dude. Yeah, I think he, I think he probably beat Stefan Struve. Maybe second round KO. Let's go with that. And the co-main event of the evening is Marina Rodriguez versus Cynthia Calvillo. Dude, first of all, we got to talk about Luke Thomas. And when he fucking told everyone to pronounce it Calvillo, it was funny as shit because there were people calling into the MMAR being like, it's Calvillo. And I was like, ha, you motherfucker. Because if you didn't know, sometimes uh, in Spanish... Certain regions pronounce the double L sound differently, or just the Y in general, the Y sound. Like Argentinians pronounce it with like almost like a sh sound, It'd be like Calvicho. And fucking, uh, I think in Colombia, where Lou Thomas's wife is from and Danny Segura is from, they pronounce it Calvillo with a J. But let me tell you something. That's not where Cynthia Calvillo is from. And that's also subjective. Because if one is not more right than the other, if that's where you pronounce it, where you learned your Spanish. So, 
even though he gets unnecessary hate on MMA Twitter, fuck Luke Thomas for that one. Because I was like, you're wrong. Uh, but I actually think Cynthia Calvillo is going to win this one against Marina Rodriguez. Even though Marina Rodriguez looked good against Tisha Torres, I think uh, Cynthia Calvillo is uh, she's a dog. I like the way she fights. Even though she was salty as fuck when she lost to Carla Esparza. <laughs> anyway, hope she beats Marina Rodriguez. <laughs> I'm so fickle. Um, Alistair Overeem versus Jarzino Rosenstroik. Now, you guys know that I don't like to pick with my brain. Because, first of all, sometimes my brain is wrong. And I get no pleasure from picking a fight right. I don't put money on fights. So what, what do I care if I'm wrong? So usually I just pick who I want to win. And I love Alistair Overeem. But dude, I'm fucking high on this Jarzinho kid. He's not kidding. He's a fucking grown-ass man. Jarzinho Rosenstroik? Dude, I will pick him against... Dude, if they made him versus... No, I wouldn't pick him against Stipe because I fucking love Stipe. But if if someone else was the champ, like say it was a random champ, I'd pick Jarzinho, dude. He's the shit. So I got Jarzinho, probably second round knockout. And there you have it, folks. We're out of time. We're out of material. I'm out of fucking sleep. Staying up to do this uh, podcast for you guys. And so... This concludes the Finding With Myself podcast. You can find me at FWM underscore pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can send in um, feedback, questions, or hate mail to fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com. If you're on Apple Podcasts, it takes two seconds to make a five-star review. So do it because you love me. If not, you hate me. And... That's all uh that's all I got to say about this cuz that's it. Bye.